Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. And once again, it's an absolute buzzing podcast after a fantastic win away at Charlton yesterday. We've got Adam all the way from Hindley. How are we doing, Adam? Yep, it's Hindley Green, Barry. It's very different, but yeah, I'm doing doing well, thanks. And we've got Paul all the way from uh, Aspel Gardens. How are we doing, Paul? Doing quite well. It's uh, very nice and sunny in Aspel Gardens today. Yesterday, we went off to Charlton. A little bit, uh, didn't know what to expect, really. We've had a slow start. One of the favourites for challenging near the top. You know, we're, we're notorious for giving teams that little bit of a, a start in the season. But uh, we were quite clinical yesterday, I thought. Uh, a 2-0 win. Adam, what a game. Perfect performance for me. That's the absolute perfect away performance. Defend really well. Uh, control the midfield create some good chances. I mean, but for an outstanding goalkeeping performance, you know, it could have been a lot more, a lot safer at half time. Good to watch. I don't I don't think the game was as good as the game against uh, Wickham overall, but it was a nice game to watch because I thought tactically we got it spot on. And and you can see the partnerships growing now on, you know, over the pitch. Obviously we'll single out certain players later, but you know, they all did a good job yes yesterday for me. I mean, Cousins uh, in the first half was a bit, a bit slack at times, but he picked his game up towards the end, and uh, I thought we we dominated that mid- midfield. Um, I mean, quite enjoying uh, watching uh, Naylor as well. I think he's doing a good job in there. Yeah, so all all in all, brilliant and nice to see that we've got good options on the bench that that make a make a big difference to a game. Yeah, I, th- I actually thought uh, Jordan Cousins had a. A superb game. Uh, it's, it's strange how people see it differently, isn't it? Like you're saying, he's got a great partnership with uh, Tom Naylor. I thought, thought they dictated the pace of the game yesterday between them. Excellent play. Experience heads in midfield, Paul? Yeah, I think I, th- I think for me, the key uh, is the fact that you know, you've scored two late goals, but the 2-0 result does not in any way, shape or form flatter the performance. You know, you're worthy of that performance. And, you know, again unchanged side they've all stepped up they've all done the bit and so the lads off the bench yeah uh, that first chance for Jordan Jones Adam when he smacked the bar with his, that header great cross from Lange from the right though weren't it yeah we had a, we had a few good crosses from that side um, yeah like brilliant ball from Lange it was a tight tight area to, to get it into from from where he you know he got to the byline but he did really well it, it, let's let's forget about his cross in the second half which was uh, slightly overhit <laughs> You mentioned about the keeper making some good saves. He made a, a really good save from uh, Tom Naylor, who, again, we had a free kick from the right-hand side. I think it was Max Power who put that one in, straight on Naylor's head. Great save. Yeah, really good save. The uh, second half one, the Charlie White, which was a, I thought was a really good, clever header. I think that was a decent save, how he's pushed it away, really. Because Yeah, you'd probably if it goes under his body, you'd probably say it's an error, but... but he, he, he kind of, for me, he pushed. He put. It was pushing it away from the oncoming player. I think, which was the good thing. I thought I was very. In fact, both goalkeepers very impressive. I thought they were both spot on. I think what distinguished them was that their keeper had to make some outstanding saves, and and we didn't. You know, so I think that was the only difference between the keepers. Really, I thought the the work that they did generally was was very good. Obviously, the first goal. I mean, we had to wait. Until it was at the 88th minute when it went in. Um, ben Amos put the ball up the field from a uh, from a goal kick, put it onto Charlie White's head, who dropped deep for it. 
headed it onto Power. Power turned inside, then turned outside, feint across, went past his marker, then put a great cross in to the far post where Dorica just followed it through. Diving header. Brave header, Adam. Yeah, very brave, Eddie. I mean, he, he could have had his head took off with that one, couldn't he? But I mean, really, Powers put it on a plate. There were a couple of there were a couple of crosses actually, which you just I think that's the only thing at the moment. You're just saying, can somebody else possibly gamble uh, at times? Whereas Derek were did gamble really. One fullback. This is the 88th minute. One fullback's getting to the byline, crossing it in, and the other one was the furthest forward. Uh, Ten minutes earlier, I think within the space of a minute, he'd been caught offside as their furthest forward player. Um, which that happened, bit, on, that happened on two occasions, didn't it? Yeah, and it, it was a bit frustrating that because I was thinking this could be a great move, and I think McLean was giving him a, a funny look at times as well. But I think on a positive, you can see the enthusiasm for them to get forward. But I think the reason that they can do that is because they've got midfielders who'll cover. You know, you won't see Naylor and Cousins very often sort of getting sort of forward into the box. So they, that means that your fullbacks can can go forward. And we've still got Keane in there who can do little bits and pieces. You know, he, you know, obviously he's good on the ball. He picks up some good areas, uh, gets into some good areas as well. So I think all in all for me, um, the enthusiasm really to get forward that late in the game and the fitness levels, you know, re- really good. That'll stand us in good stead. Throughout the season, I think. Yeah, full back to full back. So it's like a good title for a boot that. But it was a, a couple of occasions where, where uh, they, they worked well together with raking balls from one side of the pitch to the other. And then we moved on to this to the uh, the killer goal. You mentioned there about James McLean. He came on and made his debut. His first touch of the ball, he cut inside and hit one with his right foot, which on another day, you know, he could have bent yeah. it into the far corner. That was within two or two or three minutes of coming on the pitch. But the goal itself, oh, what a tremendous effort that was. Charlie White, good movement, Paul. He moved off, created the gap uh, with uh, umps on the ball, Stevie Humphreys. Inch perfect yeah. pass. Split great, great, great through pass, yeah. Uh, and, and, and then great composure from McLean to round the keeper and just slot home and finish it. That's, that's the point where, I mean, just you've bossed the game. And, and we've been there before where we've bossed games and then not got what we deserve early season and then got a bit of momentum going. But once you start bossing games and then converting them, you, you're on a winner. And, you know, the composure of McLean to just take it around, finish it off, thank you very much. Uh, and, and you know, be in that position to be picked out as well because he cut, he cut inside his man slightly, didn't he, to pick the ball up between the two. And then round the keeper, like I say, slot it in, jobs are good. And at that point, you're thinking, right, Game over. Yeah. You know, well, you no think way, about no way dropping points. Think about McLean. He's not played competitively since April, you know, and then he comes on. Uh, it's, it's a new club. I know he's coming back home, but he's played with new players. Who's, who did he know? The Jordan Cousins he's played with previously. Uh, but he's playing with new players. He's probably had, I don't know, the training sessions, but he just slotted in. I mean, he's got eight, 80 international caps, a wealth of experience playing in the Championship and the Premier League. Is it going to be too easy for him this season? <laughs> I, I mean, there's the question, isn't it? It can't be, because he's, he, you know, he is a 100%, you know, 100% player, isn't he? So, it, it's a very loaded question. Uh, no, no, it never is, because he's playing against other pros, but, you know, even at that level, he, he's, 
he's not going to suffer any lack of confidence, is he? Let's put it that way. It's interesting, isn't it, that there seems to be a few players who you'd probably say you could actually put them in the class of stellar, stellar championship players within the last two or three years who are willing to drop down and play at League One level. Where we were just saying about, will it be too easy for him? Well, he's playing for his career, really, isn't he, one way or another? Either he has a brilliant season and signs an extension with Wigan and maybe gets a shot at the championship again, hopefully. Uh, or he play, has a great season at Wigan and another side maybe will pick him up. You know, So, for me, I think he'll put everything into this, uh, in, into this season. And if he plays with that energy, the, the power of his running, the strength, uh, and, and being able to put the crosses in, I'm sure Charlie White's going to be starting to, you know, sort of uh, reap the benefits of that. Yeah, I, when I said too easy for him, I wasn't like being flippant. What I meant was he's he, he, he's a cut above. He's a cut above this this division without any shadow of a doubt. After seeing him just for those 20 minutes yesterday, he's almost going to guarantee us. 15 goals from minimum, I'd reckon, minimum of 15 goals. He just looks superb. He looked like the old James McLean, but playing against, obviously, much inferior opposition than what, what, what he has been uh, playing against. Do you think it's like the Yannick, the Yannick signing then, in a way? Because Yannick, Yannick was clearly too good for League One, wasn't he? You'd probably say McLean's a step up, a couple of steps up on him because he's played Premier League football and handled it in the Premier League. It's a bit like Powell. Powell was too good for League One, but he couldn't be asked, could he? You know what I mean? He used to strut about. <laughs> he just couldn't be, and he knew he could. He could get away with it, like you said about about McLean. He's not. He doesn't have that mentality. He's hundred percent in whatever yeah. he does all the time. You know exactly what you're going to get off him. I know Paul before, as, as like when he was with us last time, he said he he he, he gives everything. He might not be Paul's favourite player, but Paul had to admit that James McLean gives everything every time he steps on that pitch. If you're doing yeah. that and, you, and you've got all that quality that he has, what a sign. What a, what a yeah, sign. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my, my criticisms of him will be around decision-making now and again. He'll end up in a, a blind alley when he shouldn't be. And, and to be fair, he was played out of position. But, you know, the, the guy won player of the season because of that level of commitment and effort. Yeah, in a relegation season, in a, in a team that had uh, Harry Maguire in it, <laughs> and you just you just can't you know you can't bottle you can't bottle that. I mean, to some degree, you look at the players last season and Liam Richardson and his staff are very good at getting that hundred percent out of players, and you've got a player there who gives you hundred percent anyway. So I don't think there'll be even the slightest element of issues with commitment or. Your effort from McLean, not in the slightest, because he will give everything. Like you say, he's definitely worth a few goals. Good signing at this level. Just moving on, uh, yesterday we had 54% of the possession, 13 attempts on target, uh, goal, sorry, and four of them were on target. And we had, and they were, we created real chances yesterday. They weren't half chances. We created some real chances. Like Adam said, their keeper pulled off tremendous saves, at least four that I can think of off the top of my head. We did a, a man of the match poll and uh, Jack Watmore came out with 64% of the vote. So obviously he's the progress with Unity man of the match for the Charlton Athletic away game. Let's go uh, back to them stats, Barry. I mean, I don't think they can be right, can they? Because if we said we had four shots on target, well, we scored two, didn't we? And the keeper's made more than two saves, hasn't he? I, when I look at those stats, I mean, that's why we don't 
put a lot of importance onto them anymore. You take them with a pinch of salt anyway, because yeah. they're not, you know. I, I mean, my, my feeling was yesterday that it, that really, but for the keeper, it wasn't like you know something. A shot on target can be one of them that just rolls to him and he just picks it up. I mean, I don't remember any shots really like that as such. I think they were all top class saves really on another yeah. day like, with a with a weaker goalkeeper. You know, we we probably could have been three up at half time. I've been talking to a couple of Cheltenham fans on 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 the old Twitter. Uh, one of them said that their biggest threat was the pigeon that was on the pitch. They're not very happy with where their season's going. Uh, and another lad said, having seen us play, he thinks we're going to be, in a, in a few weeks, we'll be steamrolling everybody we come up against. Quite nice compliments there coming from, from Charlton. Uh, always an honest b- bunch of, of people and quite realistic. The one little downside I thought yesterday, Charlton's midfield uh, was quite lacking. And to think Ben Watson was in there in the middle of it, it's just a little bit. I don't. I want to say sad, but the guy's a legend in there for us, and you know, you expect uh, Ben Watson to dictate a little bit, and he, he just got it overran him. I thought a little bit of transfer uh, rumor on on the old inter- internet link with the centre half free agent Scott Dan. What do you make of that, Adam? Well, he's been a quality player for his career. He's been around a long time, hasn't he? Um, I think Blackman's where he made the real name for himself, wasn't he? Would it be a good signing? 34 years of age, is he a bit long in the tooth? Or will his experience help, help Kel Watts and Jack Watmore? Well, we've only got, really, we've only got Longy, haven't we, as our other backup? I mean, I think Naylor can play there, but, you know, I think we've already, I mean, they're all doing well, but at the start of the season, you probably wouldn't have thought we'll have Max Power at right back and Tendai Dariqa at left back. You know, so I know it's working working well at the moment, but, you know, I, I, I think recognised centre-backs. We've kind of got away with it over the last few... I mean, Naismith obviously was the best example of stepping in and doing a great job there, but I I always rather have the ones who've played their older career. And Dan's played most of his career at the top level. You do pick up injuries. The, the, The Portsmouth fans said the only thing with Watmore is a quality player. How many games will you get out of him? And and I think he must have that in mind, Richardson, if he's looking at experienced centre-halves like that, because you wouldn't probably want to have Long, long and Watts together, which would lack the experience. So I think Dan would complete the defensive picture, um, possibly a right back as well. But it, what he might think was he's got the Rickler and the power can obviously do a good job there as well. But I think the centre back for me is the if we were going to only make one signing now before the end of the window, I would say centre back is the one that I would like covering. I think the others are easier to cover. I'd agree with that. You, you want four centre halves in your squad. Richardson uh, says he wants another four or five coming in. Right, we've got on Tuesday Bolton Wonders in town for the cup final. The referee for the game is Tom Bramall from Sheffield. He refed us last season away at both Ipswich and Peterborough. We, we lost them both. Uh, if you remember the Peterborough game, he gave that dodgy penalty against uh, Tendai de Riqua. They beat us 2-1-2 with that one. So for this season, he's had four games, 10 yellows, one red, awarded one penalty. Previously, we've played Bolton 47 times. The record is 117, drawn 13, Lost 17, so it's dead even. The EFL Cup, it's, it's definitely not a priority for us, is it? But it'd still be nice to get one over. Let's do some predictions and, and what team we'll think we'll put out. Do we think they're going to cause a threat? I know they've got a manager who's uh, 
seems like he's losing the plot every other week when he talks about us. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what Tuesday brings. Adam, give us your preview of the game prediction. Yeah, so there, there will be changes. That's I think that's for certain. I think uh, we've just been talking about the left backs. So I, I think Robinson or Pierce will play at left back. I think what more might get rested. Uh, I think Power plays. He just loves football. He just plays every game, doesn't he? You know, just loves it. Asgard might get a game. Humphreys, I think. Will we, will he will he start McLean in this one and possibly then think about maybe giving him an hour to get a bit more fitness into his legs? We've got options. We've got lots of options. You know, it's nice that we can make a few changes and still have a, uh, a strong team out. Bolton started the season well. I think think they're unbeaten, aren't they, at the moment? So, you know, they're, they're just above us in the league. So it's all set up for uh, what is a massive week of football for us, really, you know, with the Bolton game. And then, obviously, what we'll be talking about on Wednesday, the game of the season so far anywhere in Europe, Wigan and Portsmouth. So what's your prediction? I think we've got enough to hurt them, me. I think I think we've got some really good players to hurt them. I, I think we can... Uh, I think we can win it 2 0. I'm not so sure if, if, he'll, if he'll risk James McLean, to be honest, because I think that manager of theirs is a bit of an idiot and he'll have them fired up to kick lumps out of us uh, because that's the type of player he was anyway. I don't think this is a priority by any stretch of the imagination for us. It'd be nice to go through, but if we go out, we go out. Our priority is going to be finishing in that top six this season. Uh, I think there'll be also changes, like you suggested, Adam. I'm going to go for 3-1 Latics. I mean, it, it should be a decent game because it's a... I think for both sides, it's quite a, it's a freebie, really. I know it's a local derby, but I'm not concerned about it. If we lose it, it's not bragging rights at all for me. I mean, the, the two league games against Bolton are the, are the crucial ones. I know we're only four games into the season, but it's looking like that there are going to be four or five very strong sides in League One, and we need to be we need to be ready if we are going for promotion. You know, they can't all go up. You know, and already you're looking at Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday are looking good. Wickham, we saw them. You know, they're a decent side. Rotherham, decent. We'll report back on uh, the events of Tuesday night on Wednesday when we reconvene for our preview of the biggest game of the season so far in any division in European football, Wigan Athletic versus Pompey Portsmouth down at the DW Stadium. I hope you've all enjoyed your Sunday. Uh, had a nice Sunday lunch with a glass of wine, celebrating a fantastic win for the Ticks down in the capital. Up the Ticks. Up the Ticks. Up the Ticks.